Welcome to another episode of the Rough Rider podcast. Today I'm joined by 1991 graduate Chrissy Lee. Chrissy, thank you for joining me today. How are you? Hello, I'm fine. So, fellow Rough Rider graduate, you were two years ahead of me. Um, your sister, Tia, graduated in my grade in 93. Um, um, oh, yeah. Tell- okay. I keep thinking you guys are 92. All right. Never mind. No, no, we are 93. It's been All a right, long well, time, but it hasn't been that I long. I know. <laughs> Apparently, I'm terrible in math. For some reason, I always thought she was a year behind me. Uh, anyway, <laughs> what do I know? You maybe, would know better than I would. Maybe maturity-wise. Uh, well, I wouldn't say that. I know her better than you do. All true, very true, very true. <laughs> so let's talk about your time at Rose. I said that only because I know that she's never going to hear this, and so she can't smack me over. <laughs> yeah, does she even do social media? I don't think so. She's. Uh, I don't think so either. She's. Uh, I don't really know how to describe it, but she's gotten very, very, very private. I mean, she doesn't have social media. She doesn't hand her phone number out. She's like, she is pulling teeth even to get her to answer texts from me. It's just, I I don't know what's going on with her. But anyway. She's just quiet. She was that way in high school, too. (laughs) Wow. Okay. (laughs) And that's all right. Shoot. Um, So tell us about your time at Roosevelt. Oh, hmm. What, did you, uh, what of, did you think of it? How about that? A lot of art studio. I remember that. I spent an awful lot of time in the art studios upstairs, which was pretty much the only time I had any fun at all. What do I remember about it is, it was funny. I remember more in hindsight, and of course you would. But the thing that always sticks out for me the most is that over the last however many have been, blah, blah, blah years it's been, is how many things that I was standing in the middle of at the time that just went completely over my head at the time. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, you know, I had no idea that's what they were talking about or something like that. Lots of stuff that I just was kind of do-de-do my way through for four years and I didn't realize how much I was, <laughs> how little I was aware of actually. But I know you- to this day, I don't remember where any of my lockers were. <laughs> Do you think you'd block that out on purpose or just? No, no, I wouldn't say anything like that. And I'm, this is one subject I'm sure will come up several times, but um, it took me until I was 31 to find out because I couldn't stand one more minute of one more hour, one more day being like this. But I have a raging case of ADD, not the H. I, I don't have the H part, just the extremely forgetful, inattentive kind. So there are certain things that I just it just falls out. <laughs> it's not that I don't want to remember. It just does. Unless I have certain things that have kind of a memory trigger that made sure it imprinted in the first place. Yeah. But there's a lot of things that just, oh, I, okay. I Like the other day you had to tell me about some things I said or did in high school that I didn't even remember at all. But yeah, well, it's not blocking it out. It's, I always call it that it's um, pouring a fifth of information into a shot glass of a brain. You just get spillage. Things yeah. fall out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that is what it is, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I'd have to really think about it. Like, okay, give me a specific day or something we were doing or like a time I was standing in the gym. I'd have to, not impromptu. You got to give me a second to come up with one. <laughs> I want to talk about your art while you were All in high right. school. So is, has art always been something that you've been involved with or interested in? Every single waking minute of my life, yes. I started drawing when I was two years old. So I, there was never any doubt ever. I... I I was probably 40 plus before I even had the thought that I might have done something else with my life. It just never once occurred to me. I was born to be an artist and that's it. 
So I'll throw this out there too, since most of the people that hear this are probably going to be on Facebook. Mm. Fre- friend mm. Chrissy Lee on Facebook, so you can see her <laughs> artwork. It is really, really fantastic. Like it's high oh, yes. quality stuff. It really is. Like some of that stuff you did for um, that TV show. Oh, Outlander. Yeah. Outlander. Yeah, yeah. Which you seem to be a big fan of. Some of that stuff, like it looks like a picture was taken, like, like with a camera. It's, yeah, it's... I am a fan, although I'm not as much of a psychotic fan as some of the other people I've met in the fandom. <laughs> but there are some that like we're still super tight now. Some of the sweetest people I've ever met. But yeah, um, yeah, it's a good show. But it's uh, it can be <laughs> overwhelmingly emotional. I have to be ready to watch that show. Man. <laughs> and I haven't I haven't seen the second half of the fourth season and they're about to start the seventh. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll get back to you. I'll just draw these people, I suppose. But right. And you do that a very was all good being, job. All being talked into drawing those and never even once occurred to me. When did you realize that, Hey, this, this is something I'm good at. Um, I, my first memory of drawing something that actually, I always remember that, whenever I ran out of paper and my mother pretty much made sure I always had stuff like that around, but there were times where I would just tear apart cereal boxes for the cardboard and paint on those even. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah. I remember that. And he was like little poster paints and things. when I was like maybe two or three. Um, the first serious pencil drawing I remember doing, I was just sitting there drawing a lion head on lion paper. I didn't think anything of it. I'm just doodling away. And that was the time where I realized that there was something to that that wasn't just what went on in my head because everybody in my family was just dumbfounded. And I didn't, I didn't understand that. I'm like, well, what's the big deal? Can't everybody do that? And it just became my personality yeah. <laughs> to other people that, okay, yeah, she's the one that draws stuff. And of course I love to, and I did every day, but it took a while for it to completely sink in what kind of a magic trick it looks like to other people. Like I can, when I'll tutor people at times too, and I can show you how I do what I do to get this result, but I can't tell you why I know how to. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think that's a lot of way. And that's, that's like coaching, teaching, like you can only show someone. Yeah. Uh, you could lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. How about that? True. There you go. I mean, one of the fun things. In or anything else I'd, the closest I ever got to thinking I might have done something else was to be a teacher. And it makes perfect sense. Like, you know, I should probably be an art teacher. And I'll end up right where everybody in high school said I was going to be as a joke. So you're <laughs> going to come back here and be the art teacher. No, I won't. Well, you know what? I bet that'll happen. <laughs> but so, it, the cool thing about teaching people is that sometimes, um, or and one of the fun challenges of it is to figure out how to teach them where they live so you can unlock that part in them for them. Yeah. Like, okay, this is the way that you need to see and hear this done so you will get it in the way that your hand wants to move. When that clicks together, that is so fun. I love to see that in other people. Speaking of hands, is it hard no. for you to draw a hand? Not at all. Because, I know it's funny how every artist oh says my. that, and nope, not at all. It never has been, <laughs> dude. When I used, because I, I I know my capabilities, and I'm not an artist. Um, but we used to have to draw, right? Because it was part of art yeah. class. Yeah. And the blob hands <laughs> that came out of my stick figures, like I I found it to be impossible. So hat, hats <laughs> off to you. I well, a lot of people do that, and I think it's just the nature of the structure of a hand. It's very difficult to catch it in space without some other part of it looking wrong unless you just get it <laughs> there's proportion yeah. to it and the proportions are unusual so it's like kind of with people's noses too it's really easy to make them way too long 
is you don't realize how short it really is and how much space it actually takes up until you learn how to measure those things for, with your eye. But the one thing I probably hear the most common from people is that they can't even draw a stick figure <laughs> when yeah. they're looking at this kind of stuff. But the best version of that I ever heard was somebody who said, I can't even draw a recognizable stick figure. <laughs> Good Lord. Tell wow. that person to take okay. the pencil out of their teeth. <laughs> like, all right, well, you know what? Give me three months. You'll be surprised at what I could teach you to figure out how to do. So <laughs> have you ever thought about drawing comics? Um, I would be better at inking them. This is the one distinction from my particular art form is that I'm a terrible illustrator. I am in computer graphics. It's what I've done my entire life, which that's a whole other story. But I'm not that great of an illustrator in a graphic sense. I'm way too, way too run by realism, I suppose, that I can't, I don't know when to quit. And instead of it being very clean and graphics and suggestive, it just gets messy because it's overdone. Now, oddly sure. enough, my sister is a very good cartoonist, but she just kind of like, yeah, well, big deal and ignored it by the time she. Yeah. All right. So any memories stand out? Oh, high school time. Let's see. <laughs> the very last one, <laughs> very last day. I do remember our uh, graduation party. I can't say I necessarily remember some of the things that happened in it, but I do remember an awful lot of running around and try tripping, trying to get off of that Alice in Wonderland bench up near the swimming pool. I remember that. Um, I remember a lot of standing around in that back, well, the parking lot up against the freeway. And, oh, yeah. See, here you go. That's what I'm talking about. I need triggers. All right. Here's the one memory that I get. My mother would be laughing her ass off right now. The one thing I absolutely should have remembered <laughs> from the jump is the day that Linda and I were standing outside with Beth Rogers and some other people um, were across that street just behind the parking lot where the fence, chain link fence goes along the berm that goes down toward the freeway. Yeah. Well, Linda's standing there just messing with all this paper and some it was somewhere around homecoming i guess because there was still some of the the bits of all the teeping that i think it was some paper who had done it that year but there's still just piles of toilet paper everywhere around and there's a lot of it pushed up against that fence so she starts playing with a lighter and is lighting some of this stuff off and beth and i just slowly looking over realizing what she's truly doing and she, one piece of it gets away from her this brutal big long strand of toilet paper that she set on fire well she doesn't really catch on that okay i'm lifting it up that's just going to make the flame crawl upwards and she panics and shoves the end of it through one of the holes in the chain link fence oh no all right well any idea what the i i don't know where she got the idea that that was something to do now the thing that she didn't notice and that we both noticed beth and i instantaneously is that we look down and there's a massive pile of paper underneath that thing and that flame is traveling down to it <laughs> so we're watching this happen trying to stamp out a few things it's getting out of hand Linda's going off and beth and i just kind of like you know what this is going to get nuts and we do not want to get blamed for any of this so we completely punked out poor linda but we start going across that footbridge across the freeway and we look back and there's smoke and all this stuff oh, I hear about on the news later my mother calls me up and it's like did you hear about i'm like okay yeah here's what actually happened and she laughed her ass off and to this day just like you remember when you set the freeway on fire it wasn't me it wasn't me well it's gonna be me as far as she's concerned <laughs> but i do remember setting the freeway on fire or at least being a bystander to the freeway being set on fire so you were a senior then um or what what um, I don't remember what, I don't think we were senior, maybe junior. Okay. So if you were a junior, then I was a freshman. 
Man, uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how I missed that. That would have been amazing. <laughs> Maybe that was why. Or it could have even been sophomore year. I don't know. But that's the kind of thing that I'm not going to be able to give you a year frame of reference <laughs> very often here. The fact that you did it makes me proud. Well, all I really did was stand next to the woman who did it and then ditch out on her. <laughs> you know what, though? That answers two questions. Grace High School memory and confession. Oh. All, all wrapped into one. So two birds, yeah, one stone. True. Well, you know, I, actually, I don't think I've ever left that part out when I've ever told that story before. But yes, just so everybody throughout anyone who's ever gone to Roosevelt around our vicinity at the time that we went. Yes, I was standing there when the bridge got set on fire, or the freeway fence got set on fire. <laughs> and I could have actually done something about it sooner, but, you know, hey. You know what, know. man? Yeah, why ruin a good story? <laughs> True. <laughs> Ironically, I do remember, okay, that was because as the flame came up, we were going to a bonfire the next weekend. And oh, I, remember somebody, <laughs> I remember that somebody was, like, joking, and, like, Beth was going through Linda's purse, like, you don't have any lighters in here, do you? <laughs> Man, why wait for the bonfire? You just start one a week earlier. I, I know. I was like, we'll just send her ahead. You send her a few cords of wood. Just get that started for us. We'll bring by. Be here in a minute with the beer. So one of my favorite high school memories, if I'm allowed to talk about it, was the cape. <laughs> you can because I'm interested to okay. hear about this because yeah. I just do not remember. I remember all sorts of weird get-ups or parts of get-ups, but I just can't remember the damn cape. So... My my, whenever my kids talk about goth kids, I'm like, man, you guys have no idea. I went to school with kids who wore capes, <laughs> like, and they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't just dress in black. They wore capes. And this one girl, I know she wore white makeup. Oh but, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is that Linda was seriously goth? I mean, she were oh, actually, well, Linda and Cat, Cat Purdue, actually, they they those two were i was kind of like the friend who didn't really get into the same stuff they did but we'd known each other forever <laughs> i mean i like costumes and stuff like that so i'm not surprised that i would wear a cape but i was never going to be the black lipstick kind of chick never <laughs> i remember the first time i'm like oh, what what is this like <laughs> are we you know okay all right you know but I mean, after that shit, who cares, right? But it was. I wish I could remember it, and like, because if I did, I'd know what happened to it. Where, where, where did I get it? Where did I do with it? Well, <laughs> one of one of the Cape Crusaders had a locker, right, somewhat next to mine, as you come up the stairs on the second floor on the opposite side of the the freeway. And is that the one where? And here's another story. I have actually. That's probably the other my other favorite memory. Is that the locker that you had at the time where I was running up to you and I accidentally slipped and slid, yes. slid across the floor? Okay. Yeah, now I yeah that's that. it. That's it. And I, I stood there and you were laughing your ass off. And I was like, man, this could have ended badly for both of us. Face. Yeah, it could have ended badly for both of us. Well, that's funny. I can picture it to this day. And that's yeah. not true for a few a few things for me. But I remember you whipping around with this just dumbfounded look on your face. Like, Jesus. Yeah. And see, in this... This is one of the great things about Roosevelt. I don't think that you and I ever had any classes together. No. <laughs> but we walked the same halls, and therefore we got along and knew each other through that. 
Like, well, mostly I, here's confession number two. Mostly it's like I didn't really I'd heard the name. And of course, I met she's for my sister because you're always the same pack of people floating around her like satellites. I swear to God, I don't know what that yeah. was about. But I do recall at one point it's because I just thought you were adorable. <laughs> yeah, you were a good looking girl as well. I, oh, we're I not going to get that. onto that. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we we'll just touch on it. How about that? Okay, and, there and, there, and there it is. Um, yeah, yeah. Ro- Roosevelt was fun for that. Um, in the capes, man. Okay, I, I can't tell you anything about the capes. Now, as far as that other subject goes, that was also completely over my head my entire tenure at Roosevelt. So the whole dating thing, it, I had nothing to do with any of that, with anybody. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I think that is, I mean, that is an awesome and because the innocence like but it also kind of sucks you know yeah it sucks in so many ways because um there's a lot of things that maybe some idiot things that i might have learned a lot sooner just because there's things that i didn't go through in the normal idiot teenage years (laughs) i had to go ahead and go through them 10 years later when i'm in college when it makes more of a difference (laughs) yeah but man you you never want to i hope you don't beat yourself up over that right okay good good no no, the only thing I've ever beat myself up over is eating sugar or forgetting stuff. Those are the Eat- two things that are the main of my existence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about life after Roosevelt. So you leave Roosevelt. What mm-hmm. what does Chrissy embark on? What's what's when you set your sails, where do they lead? <laughs> well, I went to art school at Grandview and I, again, intended to be an artist my entire life, but as usual, I have often happens to artists certainly back in the day at the time, you're always told that a fine art degree is just a get poor quick scheme. So you study graphic art instead, which I always hated and never wanted to do. And 26, seven, whatever it is years later, because I started a little bit earlier before I went to college, I still am a graphic artist. I still hate it. <laughs> you got to go where the money's at though, right? Exactly. I mean... So I understand. And you know, right. I, one thing that's kind of the saving grace now for me, and thankfully I'm old enough to a lot of stupid crap I snapped out of a long time ago, is that I'm grateful in one way because I would have just messed so many things up back then. I'm actually more prepared for that now, and it's much easier to be a fine artist now with the internet and social media and the reach that we have now. You can do all this stuff very easily that was really very difficult back then, and I just would have ruined it and not probably ended up still getting a job in graphic art anyway so the sad bit of that is that because I got so wrapped up in the job and because life and I often got in my own way that I didn't draw almost anything again for 20 years so I didn't start again until 2017 that's all the stuff you guys are seeing lately or anybody looks at my Facebook page that's only been in the last five years wow yeah realize that (laughs) that's a heck of a break I mean not a lot of people do yeah, it's crazy. I mean, talk about soul crushing. It took me a while to, like I said, um, it was around the same time. Actually, it's probably a year to the day where confession number three, I'd actually hired a life coach because there were some things I just needed to get my head straight on. And the people in my life were not the ones to help me do that. <laughs> yeah. Like this is going to get messier if I actually try to talk to you about this. So no. And anyway, I don't trust you to have the right answer anyway. So but it's a good that you stuff. realize that, though. Oh, yeah. It's, it is <laughs> yeah, good true. that you knew that because not everybody would. Well, I. the benefit of some of my idiot 20s is that I knew that I, there were things I still wasn't medicated for yet until I was 30. So I knew 
without doubt, since I was like 11 years old, when a lot of this stuff kicked in, I knew there was something off. I just didn't know what it was. and I couldn't stand it anymore. So it took me, but in the meantime, until I actually got properly diagnosed with things and medicated over my 20s, I read everything I could get my hands on trying to figure out how not to be stuck in this anymore. It's like, all right, I don't like this situation, this environment, this life, these people, this influence over... I don't want this to be the rest of my life. So how can I snap out of this? Because the people I'm seeing as my role models are kind of idiots. <laughs> so I had a little bit of help with getting me there in the first place. And then everything that I had hung on to or just not even was even aware of was choking the life out of me. I managed to get rid of over in a year and a half. And somebody can ask, I'm not going to plug her here, but somebody can ask me later if they want to, who it was. She's fabulous. But almost a year to the day after that, I, it was part of a project for that, as a matter of fact. So, okay, just draw draw fear and draw happiness and whatnot. And I hadn't actually picked up a pencil in a while. I just doodled this little thing out. I'm like, oh, well, that's cute. Yeah, see, and I, yeah, I can draw. My mother always worried that I would lose the ability. I'm like, well, no, see, haha. The next day, this cheap little sketch pad is still sitting there, and I'm laying on the sofa binging television like the 400 millionth day in a row. And I happen to know the sketchbook down there. I'm like, you know what? Let me try to draw something. So I'm in my kitchen fiddling around in a drawer looking for a pencil. The ultimate artist is like looking for a pencil. <laughs> and all right, oh, let, me, let me see what I can do here. And then 10 hours later, I banged out a drawing. I hadn't done a portrait of it or any kind of drawing in 20 plus years. I'm like, I'll be damned. Okay, you know what? You just forgot who you were. Welcome back. And that's where it started. Did that feel good? It did intensely. <laughs> um, I appreciate you and everything you just talked about because not enough people do. And I know that's cliche to say that these days, oh, sure. man, we need to talk more about it, but not everyone does or, or is willing to. Um, yeah. we've, had a, we've had a couple people talk about it on the podcast and I, I so appreciate them doing it as well. Um, so thank you for that. That's because man, the people that don't admit it or shrug it off or, probably going to experience or already have and they just don't realize it so well yeah i mean not only are they going to make other people miserable but you don't even realize how you're making yourself miserable like i yeah. said earlier i had to get out of my own way i was the queen of being in my own way <laughs> partially yeah. because my my brain chemical just ran off on its own so i certainly didn't realize where that was coming from but once i was able to even out i think a good 10 years of evening out I'm like okay you know what it's not that anymore because <laughs> that's under control so why why am I still, ah, all right, here, let's look at this. That's what it was. Sweet. Okay. Now we can go back to being human. And I did it at 47 or 46, 46, as opposed to 56 or 66 or 96. So, so result. <laughs> question, question here though, and, and please let me know if I'm out of line, but what you were experiencing seems to be kind of a common theme among like art or an artistic people oh yeah like they have that side of their brain that is always going 100 miles an hour to yeah have that artistic ability and there's a lot of noted artists who toe yeah. the line we do tend to be <laughs> um yeah and there's like every cliche there's it's a cliche because it's partially true you know like some stereotypes well we hate to even use the word but well, okay there's the kernel and truth of all that someplace so and I don't know if there's a corollary between emotional volatility and creativity. <laughs> Maybe it's just that because we swing all over the place that their mind is going so many directions that we're not 
closing off avenues so it's easier for us to come up with creative things. I don't know. Um, something I try to do on purpose is I'm addicted to like crosswords and puzzles like that anyway, but I'm always trying to do something like that or playing luminosity games on my phone to keep myself forming little pathways that I didn't have the day before. Yeah. Which is good for people who can forget stuff because <laughs> it helps us imprint things too. And then yeah. like, it's like an exercise. Very, exactly. Exactly. Um, it's like when I'm treading the same paths and doing the same things my, a lot of my day, very much is heavily routined because of the ADD. I have to do that or it, things just fall into a shambles. But to keep myself from thinking in routine also, I have to take these little deviations. And I think because when you're constantly trying to look for something unusual, that that's where all the creativity comes from. Like, all right, I didn't even know my brain was going to go there because I just let it. You know, like kind of like people have their best ideas in the middle of the night when they're half awake or yeah. like I've never understood the shower one myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I think because of maybe people who whose brains either by chemical imbalance or just natural <laughs> tendency or nurture, whatever it is, who just let their minds wander. I think we tend to be a little bit more seemingly to other people emotionally volatile because we don't have any problem expressing that we wear our hearts on our sleeves it's not that our hearts are yeah more psychotic than anybody else's it's just you can see ours yeah i would agree <laughs> with that absolutely so let's touch on um one of the times uh, the only time i think that i've run into you after high school was was at a bar and you had mentioned that you had done some modeling Oh yeah, Can, years ago, and and that's not a surprise um, for anybody who <laughs> knew Chrissy in high school. <laughs> but but walk us through some of that. Oh, there. Oh goodness, there's really nothing much to say. I mean, it's like catalogs, or um, occasionally they need still photos or display posters for something. You know, maybe a national campaign, but they need like local ones or something like that. I mean, I actually have done some runway stuff, which I. I don't care for that. It's exhausting. That's the one thing I always tell either teenage girls or little girls or whoever, like, whatever you want to do, more power to you. I am not insulting the job, but be aware that it's a lot more work and a lot more exhausting than you think. It's not just standing around in pretty clothes being cute. <laughs> it's work. <laughs> you have to be up for calls and going on all these meetings and you have to take excellent care of your skin and you might have somebody I actually had an agent slap gummy bears yeah. out of my hand once. I mean, just crazy stuff. I, and the, the worst. I remember of you that, telling me that. Oh God! <laughs> well, the worst of it actually was when I was on some shoot with somebody. I don't remember who it was. There was some tennis shoe, and I don't know how much of this thing people get away with now, and probably still does. But this would be in the. There's still a lot of stuff you can say to people and nobody would do anything about it. But the photographer would never really talk directly at me. He would talk to the person who was with me. He was kind of a handler, I suppose. And he just kept saying, go have it stand over there. <laughs> and that was kind of the death oh, knell no. for me. I was like, all right, you know what? This isn't really even that fun, actually. And now this person is talking to me and now I can't even eat freaking gummy bears. I'm out. <laughs> Did you get paid well? Yeah, actually. Um, some. It, the scale depending on what it was but i have things that were okay we just need you to stand here and hold a train look cute for a couple hours and you need 200 bucks for that or things so i might get 10 grand for the day or something like that but Dang. that was an extreme an extreme <laughs> it's not like that was constant and i didn't do it constantly it wasn't my career and it was off and on and by the time i was 27 i was 
every now and then. And then I quit pretty much for good by the time I was 30. I'm like, all right, just no. <laughs> so you want to hear a confession? And I should probably save this for confessions, but yeah. back in my, what would that be? My mid twenties, I worked with a guy who was dating a girl that needed models for American crew hair gel. Oh, wow. So yeah, yeah, this is, this is fabulous. So this is back when I had great <laughs> hair, right? It was thick. You did have brown. pretty much hair, I have to say. And, um, I would, we'd, he would need us on a Saturday morning at a hotel, typically like Omaha, Kansas city or Minneapolis. Oh yeah. I only did it like three or yeah. four times. So you'd go there and you let people just do whatever they wanted to do to your hair. Yep. And, exactly. uh, <laughs> and, uh, basically you would walk out and I didn't do the modeling of clothes or anything like that. Um, but they did have an idea of what they wanted you to wear typically black, yeah. but it would be a long day and oh, I did yeah. not make a penny. I got handed like yeah. a little duffel bag with product. Oh, you were robbed. I did it like three or four times. If you're ever going out to something like that, that's like at an airport or a conference center or something like that, if it's ever like anything like that, it better be a cast call. Oh, man, I'll tell (laughs) you what. if you're not seeing like 400 other people carrying headshots, then you're in the wrong place. (laughs) Why I did it three or four times, beyond me. After that, I told my buddy at work, like, I'm not helping your girlfriend out anymore. Well, yeah, like, I was going to say. This is a long was, day, man. It's got to be because you were just being nice. Uh, I think <laughs> I it like, started I can't out that way. I not anybody hot enough out there to keep your attention. It was brutal. Brutal. <laughs> so no. I had to ask well, you. That's... Hey, you know what's brutal is actually having to stand in like 14-inch spike barbed wire heels and a fur coat in 75-degree weather. That's <laughs> not fun. Yeah. Yeah, I that's didn't have any of that. Too. It's just idiocy. I swear to God. This is the one thing I would, all the women out there who don't already know this and maybe the ones younger than me right now, stop paying attention to that silly crap. Speaking as an, both a graphic artist and a fine artist, we cover up all that stuff. Nobody looks that perfect. It's true. <laughs> Believe me, nobody looks that perfect. There it's are true. the random freaks of nature, like these just unbelievable jaw-dropping gazelles that you run into every now and then, usually from Brazil. But mostly, nobody really looks like that. And who doesn't want a full-figured woman anyway? <laughs> I have no idea how to respond to that. <laughs> Dude, every, everybody loves Marilyn Monroe, but I don't think they oh, realize. Sure. Oh, she was a 16, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, moving on. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, some of the jobs you've had. Have you been in Des Moines your your my entire oh. life. Okay, cool. That's that's good, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not from this perspective. It's like, all right, you know what? I, I love my hometown. I know where everything is. It's very easy to be here. There's a lot of stuff you don't have to think about. Although every time you get like droves of people moving here, I'm like, nah, I'm glad that everybody's like building new things, but I don't want too many people live here. So right. you get more, more costs and more crime and more chaos. And you know. Don't ruin but- my vibe. <laughs> Exactly. It's like as long as you still leave it Iowa nice and I don't have to worry about locking my car, that we're cool. But I would like to have lived someplace else at one point, and I swear to God, I am not going to end up here. My retirement dream is a horse ranch someplace. I haven't decided if it's going to be Colorado or Montana. I keep changing my mind. <laughs> so that is the goal then, to like, oh, to some retire sort. somewhere else. Okay, and and you're not even well, saying warm weather. You're 
<laughs> well, I'm fine with that. Hey, I'm native Iowan. Like, you know, we're finally thinking about maybe wearing long pants when it's 20 degrees. <laughs> True. I'm sitting in shorts right now. <laughs> I'm wearing yoga pants. It was going to yeah. turn my heater off. <laughs> That's what we do, right? But yeah, the goal, ultimate goal actually is to be able to um, transition in fine art to be able to do that full time and no longer work for anybody else. And retirement will pretty much start from that day for me. Because I'll just nice. do what I love for the rest of my life. It's just a matter of, okay, when can I afford the horses too? <laughs> Ooh, man. You win the lottery to pull that one off. I know, they're, they're not cheap, man. <laughs> the food alone will oh, bankrupt some countries. You do know that they have horses at the Animal Rescue League, right? I do. I've seen yeah. them before. And um, both of my cats, actually, it's ironic how this happened. A friend of mine fosters um, kittens for the ARL. And... She had one. Um, I had a, a couple of cats when I went past and I just had the one. Just like, you know, I could, hadn't got thinking about getting another cat because that one <clears throat> at the time was 16 or 17. And I didn't want them to be that far apart in age. So, well, okay, well, let me try this anyway. Because <laughs> the one who was 16 was very chill. I'm like, well, what's going to happen? So I got a two-month-old kitten. Oh, dear God. That, I forgot what a kitten was like. He's yeah. rigging insane. I didn't think I was going to live through it, but he looked like a bat when he was born. He's solid black. So we named him Bruce Wayne. Nice. <laughs> yes. He's a hoop. So then four years later, same friend also has a litter of black kittens and she's got one left who didn't have a home and she was kind of the run to the litter. Her name's Pearl. And I've lost my other cat a couple of years before that. Um, two weeks before his 20th birthday, as a matter of fact. Oh man. So, and let's see, it was last June, I think, July, I got her. So she is now eight months old, Pearl. And she is also solid black. So when she gets older, I'm, I may not be able to tell them apart. <laughs> I'm already starting to think, okay, which one are you? And she's, oh. you're just going to be able to tag team me on getting into stuff. I know it. But anyway, time, to, um, time to get that white stripe paint out. <laughs> well, they even have the same mar white markings in the same spots. It's just mental. I, they had to have had one of the same parents. But. The point of that whole story is that um, with the ARL in particular, I will get animals from shelters because I, I don't like to pay for bred ones. I mean, they need homes too, but there's so many that are just sitting there and need, need a place. But I will do, do volunteer work from afar, but mostly donate money to the ARL because one thing that I really hate about myself and I wish I could control more is I am the biggest, most massive softy about animals. I can't Anybody that knows me well, that knows me regularly, knows do not tell me any stories about animals where anything goes bad, <laughs> or yeah. I will literally start crying uncontrollably. I, I can't control it. It just upsets me so much. So I can't volunteer at the ARL. I tried. I really wanted to. But I'm just scaring small children visiting on school trips because I'm like crying my eyes out at all these little faces and I want to take like I can't I just can't do it. <laughs> Why so is the I, lady in the cape crying? I know. <laughs> because she, she just liked making the cape. She's not actually the person who would wear a cape. <laughs> I just no I'm not a cape crusader kind of person. I'm more like okay come sit here and let me tell you what okay what's what's wrong and I help you figure it out. But, I'm a cape crusader that way, maybe. But <laughs> kudos to you for for recognizing, you know, those animals and um and and what they do. That's and the purpose that they still serve. Because each one of my dogs has been saved as well, and man, oh. they they love it. They love yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it's so nice to think that okay, they 
have this nice home for the rest of their lives now. And I'm not the type to, I don't dress my pets or anything like that. They don't have anything like that, but they're relatively spoiled otherwise, as they're extraordinarily well taken care of, but um, in the way that you ought to with the pet. They don't have fancy, well, they do have a water fountain, but it's not like this crazy, fancy, computerized stuff and they do have a lot of toys, but they're not giant, crazy, monstrosity catios and stuff like that. So, are you on Twitter at all? Yeah. So there's this, this uh, he's a photographer. Mirza is his name. Mm-hmm. He, take, he takes pictures of the city. Uh, am, amazing pictures. Like this guy, he's familiar. a he's a professional artist. Um, he lives here in town. Cool. But he offered and has offered to take pictures of elderly like dogs and cats because he says uh-huh. everyone takes pictures of puppies and nobody yeah. takes pictures of their older pets. So he does it for free. Oh, that is awesome. Okay, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to talk to that guy. Yeah, yeah. It's, that is he, really cool. It's pretty awesome of him to do. And I know the guy is busy because he's always posting these amazing pictures of the city skyline. And he'll go down oh. and, yeah, it's he does amazing work. Okay, that do- is dope. I'm going to have to check that out. And yeah. he's right. I mean, that's one of the things I like about um, people that, you know, getting an animal from a shelter from the first place, but I love that they have little senior programs and there's people who will come in specifically to adopt older animals. Yeah. Everybody always wants the kitten. And I felt really guilty about like, I didn't want to get another kitten. I wanted to get like a cat relatively close to Bruce's age at the time, but somebody who needed some place to go. I'm like, all right, well, you know what? This little kitten needs some place to go too. So that's all right. <laughs> but yeah, no, a lot of people don't pay enough attention to that. You know, we're going to have to switch subjects or i'm gonna start yeah. tearing up <laughs> let's roll let's roll so is there anything that you did change about your experience at roosevelt i wish i was a hell of a lot more of aware of what was going on around me uh i wish i bothered more actually um there were times where it's not that i was so mentally buried in drawing or whatever else is going on or whatever stupid crap might have been going on at home but I think it was all the years previous, spending all of my time drawing and not really interacting with people enough that by the time I got to high school, a lot of you were just alien to me. <laughs> like, you know what? I'm going to just stand here and respond to things as they happen, but I, I'm not going to be that girl over there twirling in the middle of the room trying to get all the attention. I don't really know how to answer his question. He's going to think I'm a dork. <laughs> Just it was a lot of that where it was just easier for me to just stay out of the way. Do you I think, wish I hadn't done that. Do you think you were using high school to get what you wanted out of it instead of enjoying the experience? No, actually, I just dragged my way through it. Okay, okay. <laughs> were you a good? I student? mean, it, it really just was like my life was pretty much pre and post medication. We'll just put it that way. Where there's so many things sure. that I just either were off my radar or other things were on my mind that just didn't make that important at the time. Sometimes things like going on at home or other things that happen in your life or whatever, those are things that just take your mind off of it. And once my mind gets off of something, it's pretty difficult to get it back on there <laughs> sometimes. So I'm like, all right, well, I have to go to school and I have to learn these things and I hate math, but I'm going to see if I can figure that out. History is really cool. Why don't we have more of those classes? I ought to just stay in the, the studio all day. Is that cool okay thank you that's pretty much how i saw it is don't get in in the way draw something nice if you like it and wait till the day you get to graduate (laughs) yeah seriously (laughs) yeah so and man that 
I hate hearing that. <laughs> well, you know what? It's I gotta say, at the same time, there are no overwhelming sad memories. There's like no trauma I suffered at the time, really. I mean, somebody was asking me recently, uh, um, oh, you know, if anybody had ever picked on, oh yeah, I remember because we were discussing stuff and it was uh, a special program for anti-bullying. A lot of donations were going to a foundation for that. And she was talking about, you know, I, I got picked on and was bullied as I was a kid, and I'm sure you have too. And I thought about it. And I thought, oh. You know what? I think precisely the reason I pay attention to those things and get involved in temptations like that is because precisely because I wasn't. Or I just didn't notice I was. Back, I really, I just, no, I think maybe it's just too easy going. But that's kind of the good thing about the four years I spent there is that there's nothing that I still regret now, nothing that was traumatic at the time, nothing I regret doing to anybody else. There's good. a lot of uh, situations that I could have come out of that, you know, screeching the car sideways out of the, out of the gate on graduation <laughs> day. There's a lot of situations and conditions I could have come out in and none of those happened. And I call that a win. So I would agree with that. <laughs> so, what do you like to do for fun today? Is it drawing or is there something else that takes up? Well, I do love to draw, but I am far, far, far too addicted to television. I will be the first to admit that. Um, normally, I I do it while I'm drawing so I can just listen to things. Since I'm, I don't like silence either. It's, there's yeah. no such thing as silence in my head anyway. I, I couldn't study in a silent room. I'd lose my mind. <clears throat> Pardon me. But lately, and the project I'm working on right now actually is it's a private commission and it's a surprise for a museum. And I am not allowed to talk to about it otherwise until it's actually been gifted over, but it's a monstrosity and it's a subject that's not that interesting. And for details, I can't mention it's difficult to pull off because we're talking about some people from like 270 some years ago. <laughs> and it's just a oh, hard slog getting through this so I can get it done so I can go back to drawing fun stuff. So because of that, I've been spending a little too much time glued to television. But lately, I've been completely addicted to Hindi television in particular, if you can believe that. <laughs> Help me with that. What is that? Well, you know, I've never seen any Bollywood films or anything okay, like yes. that. So yeah, Indian. Hindi that way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And my work wife actually is Indian. Um, nice. she, she was born in London. They lived there till she was 10. And then they moved to Iowa. And she's been here ever since. But And her mother lives in Orleans now. But I'd never seen any. I'd seen Slumdog Millionaire when it came out. It's the only film anywhere close that I'd ever seen. So I just, my experience with them was that a lot of wedding and singing and a lot of bright colors and stuff. Yeah. I, I thought they were just all musicals. Had no idea. So I was looking, I love historical kind of films. I'm a total history nerd. And I have a Wondrium, well, it used to be called The Great Courses subscription. Because all it is, is just college courses. Yes, I'm that nerdly. I love stuff like that. So I was looking for something historic that I hadn't seen. I'm digging around on Netflix, and I come across this uh, film called Padma. 1200s or so. In India. And it was gorgeous. I was shocked. It was just the cinematography and the sets. The Oh, my God, it was beautiful. It was so good. I'm like, all right, I got to see this again. I found another one with um, two of the actors were in this other one I saw also. That was about 200 years later, but also in India. That one was impressive. And I got completely addicted. And I start watching Hindi films. But the 
guy that was in the first ones I watched, I completely fell in love with him. Oh my God. <laughs> so I just started watching the filmographies of like these actors I'm seeing. I'm like, all right, let's see what else they're in. And about 200 some films down the road. <laughs> I, there's a huge catalog left. I can't believe how many films these people make every year. It's like seven grand to 1200 that Hollywood makes. But recently I've gotten addicted to their serials, which are kind of like soap operas, but some are very serious and very dramatic and some are silly and I don't watch those. But I've gotten completely addicted to those. I'm trying to stop, but they're just so addicted. <laughs> I, like, I like the music, the, the Indian music with the sitar and then like the... Oh yeah, that actually is really pretty. And it's funny that that doesn't, you don't hear nearly as much as that as you would expect to, I guess, depending on the subject of the film. But there's a whole lot of dance numbers. <laughs> a whole lot of those. In a lot of the films, anyway, the TV shows really aren't so much like that. But the one I'm watching right now, and their shows are so long, too. Their films are even like usually two and a half, three hours, sometimes three and a half hours long. I was surprised by that, too. But this TV show I'm watching right now is 535 episodes. What? I know. Like, all right, you know what? Maybe you just need to put this down for a minute and go do something else. Good Lord, you're never going to get to the end. I'm up to 181. If I'm going to sit here and binge the rest of 535, I'm never going to get anything done. And it's just going to be a big smoking crater in my apartment. (laughs) I don't even think the Simpsons have that many episodes. Well, it's a serial meaning that there's every day and they're like 20 minutes a piece some of them are maybe an hour but okay generally yeah they're like 20 minutes a piece and it's like this short little soap opera thing that runs every day so we're talking like two and a half years worth or something like that but it's the one i'm watching right now is the marathi version of one that was done in hindi also if that makes any sense about these two people that of course end up being forced to be married (laughs) and they hate each other shocker yeah yeah but it's a hugely Like, you can't even believe this happened in the first place because she, the whole thing starts because she got confused on, on what he was supposedly attacking some girl. It wasn't him. He was actually trying to defend her. But she calls the cops and actually points him out in a lineup. So to retaliate, he kidnaps her the night before her wedding. Hilarity ensues. Well, no hilarity. but <laughs> I mean, everything just blows up. So these two people that are like swearing to, to nuke each other for life. And it's the show is everything that happens since, and it's mental, and it's so addictive. <laughs> All right, but I have learned a little bit of Hindi. There is that. There you go. Always expanding, right? <laughs> well, yeah, there's one person I could talk to in Hindi, I suppose, and I probably only get about twenty words down the road. I have no idea what she's saying after that. <laughs> yeah, just throw your hands up. Um. So tell us about someone who has made an impact on your life share with us if you would dot 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 i'm thinking you're fine we can always come back too well yeah we might actually do that in a second um (laughs) it's funny every time i have this thought i think oh i'm showing my age again depending on who i'm talking to because i always refer to it as flipping the rolodex in my mind yeah (laughs) like rolodex oh my god how old am i (laughs) Oh, Oh, there's just too many. You know, it's funny. The first one I always think of is somebody I never actually met. Um, What we say in my family about me being artistic is that I inherited the gene from my great-grandfather, 
who also was an artist. He never had a class or anything ever a day in his life, but he could paint unbelievable watercolors. He was just born know how to do it. And he actually died before I was born, but there are several of us in throughout the family on that side of the family who have gotten that gene. One of my second cousins does um, and some other ones and going back farther than him, there was a great aunt and maybe a third, fourth times back great uncle and just tons of people who end up either doing it as a hobby or turning out to be an artist. It was fascinating to see that in the genealogy. Yeah. Which my mother and my great aunt are both nerdly about that. So our family tree is huge. They've gone back like a thousand years. Um, so everybody just assumed when uh, I started drawing and stuff when I was little. Wow. Okay. You're not supposed to be able to do that at two years old. All right. By the time I was maybe six or seven, I think, when I was drawing that, well, four, maybe when I was drawing that lion head, that's kind of what it solidified for everybody. And they just assumed, oh, well, she got the gene. Okay. So she's going to be an artist and that's it. But that's all there is to it. And from stories I've heard about him, um, directly with my mother because she lived with them actually for a good 10 years of her life before she moved back to her parents' house in high school. Yeah. Um, and I actually have quite a few of his watercolors. He, he was extremely prolific and wow, that's several fortunate. members of the family, several of us have 30, 35 pieces deep, <laughs> like each. So there's that's, a lot of it out there. That's nice. Yeah, it's really cool. So I actually get to see the watercolors that he did and um, you know, even cute little Christmas cards of watercolors of his face on them or silly little things that he would send to relatives in 1965, that kind of stuff that just is, he just thinks of it as a cute little thing he dashed off, but you're looking at it like, good God, dude, how did you, wow, okay. <laughs> stuff like that. So I've gotten the influence of him and had a massive impact on me, even though I never met him and it was all third party, so to speak. <laughs> That's entirely possible. I, I, can appreciate that and 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 i love that answer so thank you well for i'm sharing positive that. of it i'm actually yeah. positive of that that i always tell people that really all i do is push the pencil <laughs> he's doing the rest yeah i i don't know how i do it i just do yeah i like that so how old would and this is something i'm, I'm gonna start asking here and, and we call this this is the second season of the podcast so ah. um we're trying to mix it up a little bit um, how old would you be if you didn't know how old you were? <laughs> Is that a, what age would I choose? So or yeah, what age I, do I think I would be? Yeah. Yeah. What, how old do you act? How about that? Oh, okay. It's, That's what I thought we were getting. So at. Chrissy doesn't know how old Ooh. she is. If someone asked you how old you were and you didn't know what, what age would you tell them? Okay. You know, this is a fun exercise because first I have to picture myself from the outside, how somebody else would see me, which means I'm going to have to see myself clearly. Now that's a fun thing to do anyway. So huh, depending on what you're asking, time of the day, the situation, who you are, if you're like my niece and I'm trying to help you figure out why this guy is being stupid, uh -oh. 65 year old grandma, uh, just Chrissy being regular boingy, think everything is funny to her somehow, Chrissy. I'd probably act maybe 20. <laughs> there you go. That's... So just um, giggly. And there are times where I, I would say even like a little 10-year-old girl, I could just be squirrely about stuff. <laughs> That's the, Those are the answers I'm looking for. Like how old, how old do you feel, basically, is what that question asks. And if that's your answer... Well, you know, I, I actually just had to choose that based on some 
scenarios because I don't really feel an age, kind of like I don't feel any nationalities. So, I mean, one of the nicknames I developed in college afterwards, I don't remember who gave it to me, it was United Nations Girl because just, I'm just everything. <laughs> yeah, that's um, fair. But I think partially that was accurate for me because it just kind of denotes everything and nothing at the same time. Is I, I don't have a team. <laughs> I mean, I know what I'm comprised of, but there's there's a third one in the middle from there. I'm not heavily influenced by my mother's side. You know, the Caucasians, I'm not heavily influenced by my dad's side. I'm just the chick in the middle, and that's all there is to it. So I'd always stumble for a second when somebody ever asked me that kind of question. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Well, what race is just me? Because that's the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> that's a horrible question that someone would yeah, ask. Yeah, yeah. But the age, getting back to that, the age I think I would choose to be on purpose, I would be, I might stop at 30. That's what I was thinking. I think a lot of people are stupid until then. And I think in in some cases, maybe your brain is not even fully developed until then. I know supposedly somebody said once that like, well, you shouldn't really smoke weed before you're 30 because your brain isn't done growing. Well, you know what? Some of the days you have until you get 30, you need weed. So anyway. And 30 is a nice number. I think that yeah. is a good choice. Old enough to be able to know your own mind about some things, but not too young to be stupid. And right. <laughs> not, not so old that you're like, okay, you know what? I'm starting to get to the point where I make some kind of sound when my knees crack, when I stand up. <laughs> yeah. That's always fun discovering those things too. When you think, okay, I'm still seeing the same 17 year old girl in the mirror, but actually the rest of me is like, no, you're not. It's good that you still see that 17-year-old girl and, and never let her leave that mirror. Well, I'm lucky. <laughs> True. I have no argument here. <laughs> I am so, I'm not exactly looking forward to it, but I am just so massively curious about, okay, either I'm seeing this inaccurately or there's got to be just like a fail-safe day where it just, the switch is flipped and I suddenly look a specific age because it changes so slowly. <laughs> I'm just okay. I'm, I'm trying so hard not to sound like an arrogant idiot who is makeup videos on YouTube. I, no, that is so not me. But I, it, you don't see the grad. It's gradual to the person anyway because you see your face every day. But even I'm trying to go back to pictures. I'm like, okay, distinctly different from my 16 year old high school yearbook photo. Okay, yeah, definitely, I see that. But like the next 25 years or so it's like all right there's got to be a time where i'm suddenly going to finally look 70 right <laughs> or something like that i can't look 40 when i'm don't, 90 that's not gonna don't happen. go looking don't go looking for that number like you just continue to let it happen you don't want curious. i'm hugely curious like when is this going to happen where suddenly even i see it now like okay there you go because it just seems impossible for me to okay you have the same face and the same stupid habits and the same oh yeah i forgot that and it's every day at the same ones i just i something has got to be different i don't feel different i don't feel older i don't my skin doesn't look embrace it embrace it it's got to be. It has to be. But I was just like, I'm not saying this correctly. So I swear, it's, there's just going to be a day where suddenly, like, maybe my knee snaps. And then, you know what? We're done. Let's just, all the, oh, it's going to be a, a Dorian Gray moment. I'm sure of it. All of a sudden, that painting that was aging for me in the closet for the last 40 years is going to come out and jump my ass. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, do you not know that story? No. 
Oh, it's Oscar Wilde's uh, novel, The Picture of Dorian Gray. It's about this guy who's just evil hearted in personality. And he always stays young and beautiful, but there's a painting of him that slowly ages in a closet and it gets more and more grotesque as it's a, his the face in the painting actually looks like how his heart is becoming with other people on the outside. Uh. So, um, and Amy Monty, as a matter of fact, my bestie from high school, even from, from earlier than that, also another fabulous artist. Yeah. Um, she and I always had a joke about that because we both love our Oscar Wilde as it is, but any kind of our little in joke about somebody who's being specifically snotty is like, wow, there's got to be a painting aging for her in the closet someplace. <laughs> Man. Or, you know, so she's just upset because somebody dropped a house on her sister, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. So two more questions, Chrissy. Yes, sir. The, and I don't know if you've heard any other podcasts, but you get to take three people to dinner, right? <laughs> and they could be alive or dead, past or present. <sighs> I'd like to know who you're bringing to dinner. Oh, man, this is like ADD kryptonite. It is so difficult for us to pick favorites, or it certainly is for me, just because from like, I have to think of all 55,466 examples right now and pick one. Come on, you know you're not setting a place. You can't set a place for all those people. <laughs> Someone... You got to narrow it down. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. so like when people ask me my favorite Zeppelin song. Okay, shut up. Don't ever ask me that. It's All of them is the answer. Okay. Um, it's the immigrant song. Alive or dead. <laughs> yeah. We come from the land of ice and snow. Hey. Um, alive or dead. Hmm. Oh, let's see. Somebody, I'm going to pick. start with somebody alive, first of all. <laughs> this is going to be random. It's just the first person I thought of. Douglas Henshaw. I love that guy. He's a TV actor and the um, British actor. And, well, actually, he's Scottish. I should never say that. Sorry, Douglas. <laughs> He's boy. on the show Shetland. He plays uh, set in the Shetland Islands. And okay. I thought of him because he's on Twitter a lot, actually. He just says the funniest stuff, and I just love that guy. So I would definitely want to have a conversation with him. That would be cool. Okay. Uh, just for the sake of I'm trying to think of somebody artistic, because it really would be a waste not to do that. Oh, duh. John Singer Sargent. Uh portrait artist around the turn of the century he's been long gone but he's my absolute favorite and he's somebody that had a massive influence on me who i also never met <laughs> why would i i've heard um, that name uh actually there's an extremely famous painting that was done by him it's called madam x and it's olive green background and one woman standing in a velvet gown very pale skin kind of looking to the side oh, you'd know yeah. it if you thought yeah <laughs> You'd absolutely know if you saw it. I mean, there's, it's probably on every shower curtain in the world. But <laughs> anyways, um, it's funny. Somebody actually uh, took that photo and actually superimposed Mr. Bean's face on it. But he does these like really, really beautiful renditions. So you can't tell that it's just like stuck on there. That one is hilarious. And I'll have to like text it to you later or something. It's just yes, so funny. Please but, do. Um, but the thing that influenced me about John Singer Sargent actually is because one of his paintings is at the Des Moines Art Center here, and it's been part of the permanent collection. For, I don't even know how long. I forget when wow. it was handed to them. But it's huge. Um, it's probably got to be a good four or five feet by maybe two, three feet high. It's of the Pyron children. Um, Edward Pyron. I forget. I forget if he was just... I remember the nobility or if he had a specific ambassador. I, I forget what it is. Anyway, French guy. And this was a painting of his children. 
And the thing I always loved about it is the, the first memory I have of going to the art center was my mother took me, uh, took me all the time. And the first time I saw that painting, I remember being just floored by it. I love the colors of it anyway, but it was the first time I'd ever seen what realism means because even if you get close to it, but standing at a certain distance, like you can with certain paintings, the carpet they're sitting on, this big Turkish rug looks woven and the satin in her dress looks like satiny, like you could touch it. It was, I, I was floored by that. And I thought, I want to do that. <laughs> like whatever that meant to a six-year-old girl, but that was like the shot yeah. heard in the world for me. So it's always been my favorite painting. It always will be for the rest of my life. I go to see it in the art center at least once a year, if not more than that. And the template that I use for my website even is named after him. I thought that was cool because I didn't even do that on purpose. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. I'm like, hey, okay, you know what? Sold. I'm going to buy your contract just because you have that. Um, so him, definitely. Douglas Henshaw, John Singer Sargent. Um, I keep wanting to go back to somebody in the Renaissance, but oh, I'm not there. oh yes. Christine to um, yes, Christine de Pizan. She was a female novelist in Italy in, was it 14 or late 14 or early 1500s? And she's known for not only for writing, it kind of like stuff that's more about the woman's condition, at least as far as anybody would get in like Italy in the 1500s. I mean, you, what we wanted didn't matter back then. So she not only wrote concisely and very clearly and very one of the first novelists ever at least in europe there was a woman in china who was supposedly the first one who ever wrote a novel anyway that we have the oldest extant version of anyway but christine bazan actually wrote a lot of stuff on um Politics, at least the way that I can stand it, I despise politics, but the sociology involved, what makes people do the things they do, that's interesting to me. And kind of a, just kind of the antithesis of what Machiavelli talked about. <laughs> but here's proper society, here's where women can contribute, and she was actually respected for what she knew anyway. So I would love to talk to that woman, especially the time period she was in. Okay, how did you do that? And how many people actually listened to you and didn't just tell you to get lost and go back to the kitchen? I really want to know that. <laughs> Those, I can tell you right now, <laughs> that is one of the more eclectic groups <laughs> of people that I've had for that question. So Eclectic. Well, hey, I mean, I, I could have gone into like monasteries or i want to meet somebody who was part of the helvetii tribe when julius caesar went through in 324 bc that kind of stuff that's the kind of stuff that i actually really like <laughs> purposely didn't try not to get into it because i could go on for hours yeah i think you did just fine you did just <laughs> fine so as as we kind of wrap it up here um is there anything you want to get off your chest or you've already confessed to one thing but anything <laughs> any parting words you want to share with us you said anything else yeah. on fire? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. Um, oh, wouldn't it be funny if like, I wake up in the middle of the night? Like, oh, yeah, there's something I said on fire. Why, <sighs> I... um, there's so many things I could say right now, but the first one that just jumps into my head is this is the state of the world with the plague on, right? I'm very angry with the plague for so many reasons. I mean, the obvious ones. But because of a transitional period I was at and there was a whole bunch of things that I was about to leap off to and do. And now I can't, and I've lost two years and I'm so mad about that. 
Yeah. But the interesting thing about the plague now, and that I was hoping was going to sink in a little more, but I'm not really sure, um, is how everything had to change overnight with that. And certainly the things that you were hearing people do in other countries and, okay, these people have gone on lockdown really quickly and here's their rates, all, all that kind of stuff. But all the things we were discovering about ourselves and we suddenly were having to be on top of each other 24-7, um, cute TikTok videos and all that kind of stuff aside, there were so many things that we were all discovering about conversations we were never having with each other and stuff that constantly comes up but we'd never really identified for ourselves. And, okay, here's the same conflict that keeps coming up over and over and over and it's just in a different situation now. So why do we keep making that? All that kind of stuff that I think... Oh, and, and at one point during this, we've got two people who launched their own private rockets, for God's sake. I, mean, I saw the Branson launch, and that was, seriously, am I seeing this shit? Kind yeah. Of thing, you know, like, I, okay, I am so happy that I'm alive in this time frame for just to be able to see that kind of thing. But all of this stuff happening at the same time, and all the things that people were starting to get, you know, seeing articles about, and work-life balance, which people always talk about, but they're actually finally serious about now, and people shouldn't have to come to work when they're sick and workers and things that changed were the way that you relate to your children and the way people learn all this stuff that we could have taken so many lessons from and moved right to the right with and the humanity really could have just absorbed a huge lesson. I was so looking forward to that, but unfortunately six months, maybe a year after I initially had that thought, I'm not seeing it. And I'm so disappointed in that. <laughs> so the one thing that I would tell anybody who's willing to listen to anybody ramble about anything is please stop running on autopilot. I was speaking as somebody who I did, who did way too long and too much and too deep and for too many years. There's so many things that we are constantly, constantly, constantly arguing about because we just never bother to get to the bottom of why it's a problem. We need to stop complaining and arguing about the details. And like, all right, you're never going to get this group of people to do this because it goes against human nature and here's why. And nobody gets to the bottom of the fear involved. Everything is either joy or a fear response. Every single thing on earth, everyone, it's either something that is going to keep you alive or your brain has taught you to be afraid of it for that reason. So, well, now we're not cavemen anymore. We don't have to be alert all the time necessarily because there's not going to be some kind of predator running up on us or somebody who's trying to take our field, whatever. But we still have a lot of those brain wirings in there. So there's a whole lot of stuff that we keep knocking up against each other in our own minds, but to each other also. And all you really have to distill it down is to one thing okay, this guy is acting crazy right now and he's pissed off about this and he's just adamant about this and you can't do this. All right, my first question to you is what are you scared of? Because that's where it comes from. So once you can actually start thinking about that kind of stuff every day in your life, it's amazing how many more things that you can just get accomplished. Like, you know what? I was really freaked out about that, but actually what I was afraid of was going to happen didn't happen at all, nowhere close, and it was even better than the result I thought I was going to get. Or all right, let me ask her actually what's going on about this rather than just, just do it because I said so. And your relationship with your kid changes instantly for the better for the rest of your lives. It's very small things that you have to do to get that accomplished. Just not only being aware <laughs> for yourself and other people, but just distill it down. Like, all right, well, this is bothering me. All right, well, what's the worst that can happen? Well, what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? Okay, what are you afraid of? 
figure out what that is and how you can get around that. And sometimes what you're afraid of is actually exactly what you need. I hate that part myself because it's sucking scary, <laughs> yeah. but they're right. So that really, that's all I want anybody to hear and people to do is just, all right, let's stop with the, the patterns that we've all been in and just go back to being humans for a minute, sit in the grass, maybe with a saber tooth or something, whatever. <laughs> I'm not sitting with any saber tooth anytime soon. I promise you that. Well, I'm a cat fan, but yeah, oh, even I, have to draw a line. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Anything that would actually munch on me. Yeah. Okay. I should probably keep my distance. Look, Chrissy, I, I appreciate your words of wisdom there, Dan. Um, and you see how your old grandma wisdom. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. Um, about the autopilot and just taking control back and and yeah, the best thing I ever did was be aware of my own mind again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't fall into the same trappings and and turn off the autopilot and make things happen. Um, but your your bravery and talking about the things that you did and sharing with us and reminiscing about high school and um, I appreciate you coming on and and doing that and. Um, I do want people to go take a look at your page, your Facebook page, because there's some incredible pieces on there. And um, yes, it's it's very well done, and, and people should take a look. Um, well, it's very nice how everybody, how kind everybody has been about it for the last five years, anyway. <laughs> I came back to the folder and that, but I would still do it if nobody looked at it. So it's yeah, yeah, on, on your on end. Period. Yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I want people. I want people to go look at it because it's well, well worth yeah. it. Well, that's what I've got you and other art buddy cheerleaders like, okay, you guys go tell whoever you want, I guess. I mean, there's certain marketing things I do for myself, but really, I don't have the time to sit around and have little rah-rah conversations. If you want to learn how to do something, great. If you just want to watch me do it, great. If you're just going to let me go, go draw, great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I forget it's a magic trick. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, magic trick for you. For us, it's impossible. So, <laughs> thank you right, for well, your the time. Parting, the parting shot on everything I said towards the end there is something I said earlier. It's like, it's okay. You just forgot who you are. Welcome back. If you can there remember you that, your days will go better. There you go. Thank you, Chrissy, and thank you for coming on. Um, and we will talk to you soon, okay? I hope so. Bye, guys. Bye.